Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I am so glad to be here. It is Friday and it is Christmas Eve. So this is like a special episode to me because I don't remember. I'm trying to go back into my thought process. If last year, how close to the holidays did we record or how close to the holidays did we have an episode? Oh, I have to do some history to do some checking on that. But for now, we are here together it is christmas eve the night before christmas twas the night before christmas and there should probably be so many mixed emotions right so we're going to get into all of those different mixed emotions there's a lot of moving parts this christmas it almost feels like we're taking two steps back um it was almost like we're repeating the energy that we had almost two years ago And that's not necessarily a good feeling. And so I'm going to just explore that, like explore those thoughts of how we may be feeling with just the current events of life going on right now, holiday, and maybe you're in the holiday spirit. Maybe you're just like, listen, I could care less about a holiday. I could care less about Christmas. I'm in survival mode. I don't know what things are going to happen. I'm so irritated with life, so irritated with the world. And I'm going to tell you right now, wherever you are, it is perfectly okay to be there, right? If you came looking for me to say, you shouldn't be there, you should do this, you should do that, you should do, that's not going to happen today. We're going to talk about our feelings. We're going to talk about how we may be feeling. We're going to talk about the stress of just plain getting to this point of the holidays. And if you're not a holiday person, which there are a lot of people who don't even celebrate Christmas and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There could be other things going on in your life and into your world that have nothing to do with this one day. But we're going to talk about that. And as always, if this is your first time tuning into Conversations with Toy, welcome. First of all, get comfortable, grab your favorite drink. If you're on that treadmill or working out, I'm sending all the good energies to your way. And let's get into today's conversation. Now, I am a holiday person, so let me go ahead and give you that preface right now. I am probably the most, one of the most extreme of holiday people. Everything about the Christmas holiday is something that I absolutely love. Um, I wouldn't say, I don't know, I guess I've had jaded moments with the holidays. Like you have jaded moments and, and maybe jaded isn't the word, whatever word you would like to describe where you have this. you know, this weirdish feeling or you're not really into the hype of it. But there have been moments in my life where I wasn't always like team holiday. And even when I appeared to be team holiday on the surface, there were other things going on in my life that just didn't pan out to fully engaging. And sometimes you can fake it until you make it. And then there's times like when you're sitting in your own skin, in your own self, and you're having these quiet moments when the truth and the reality of whatever it is that you're feeling is going to come out. So I've had both types of moments and they don't always feel good. Those moments don't always feel good. It's, I'm trying to find the best way to explain it. We can get into some examples later, but the holidays are whatever you choose to make it. Should you even decide to celebrate the holidays? First of all, let's just talk about what's happening in the current events of the holidays and this new um, variant and COVID-19. I know we're all sick and tired of talking about it, and it would be great if we can move on from our lives as if this never existed, as if, you know, people were never had not died and had not lost their lives, as if the economy had not taken this deep, you know, tailspin, as if families have not been disconnected to some extent as if people have not been emotionally wrenched and tried on every level, it would be a great idea and thing to just dismiss as if it was just some small speck of time. 
But the reality is everything that I've mentioned has happened. And now we're dealing with this new variant. I'm just trying to do my research on like the, the severity of the, of the variant for those who are um, vaccinated and those who are not. But at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, it's still separating families. There have been a number of people that I know who now had these great plans for the holidays to finally ignite and be with their families. And now because they've tested positive for COVID, now they're not able to. There are some people who knowingly will test for um, positive for COVID and will still gather with their families. And then this journey of who gets sick, who isn't going to get sick, um, is it going to be severe or is it not? So I'm going to share a personal story for those to put in perspective. Um, and again, I have never tried to downbeat or beat somebody or browbeat somebody about what they felt. But when you have experiences that push you to a certain level, the way that you view things become a little different. So my family, and that is my um, parents and my stepfather, who I call my father, who is my father, who I've never really called step outside of identifying the relationship. His side of the family was hit or our, our family basically was hit with COVID when it really came when it first came out really, really hard. I'm talking about multiple aunts and uncles. I'm talking about grandparents, one grandmother on a ventilator. And it all supposedly started from maybe a family member having it and then contact getting in contact with other family members and just, you know, went like wildfire. Getting the call that my grandmother was on that ventilator, getting the call from the aunts and uncles that were sick was very traumatic. And so this is why I say families will still get together regardless if they have COVID. Some people may not even know that they have it and there will be some who know they have it and then will continue to just continue to be around their family because they want to be around their family. There's going to be more people that's going to get sick. Most of the, a lot of the Philadelphia schools here in our um, city are shutting down or going virtual, basically have the plans to go virtual after the break, which the kids are on like almost a two week break. Some of the colleges and universities are doing the same. I don't know if that's gonna mean the whole world is gonna shut down. I don't know, right? I don't know. But just the fact that we're back in the same position, like this was supposed to be a celebration of, you know, people getting vaccinated. It was supposed to be a celebration of getting back with family, getting back into the flow. Um, this is the first year since obviously the pandemic. So my family obviously and I did not get together. Um, I did not see my parents or my cousins or my nieces or any of you know my family members last year. We pretty much mailed gifts out to everybody and kind of opened up gifts on Zoom, which is definitely not the same. You don't get the same level of energy. You don't get the same level of excitement, um, even with amongst our kids. So it wasn't the same. But there are families that are going to be tested once again to go back to that same way of being on Zoom or some other level of connection that isn't physical. And so we must talk about that because, again, you may be feeling like I know I feel frustrated and it's not even me that's dealing with that. Um, we and our family have gotten vaccinated or boosted and we also have gotten tested just to be on the safe side. And the reality of it is, is that if we had to like not be able to come together as much as it would be a bummer, obviously for bid for the bigger picture of being safe, we would definitely do it. But that real feeling of saying like, man, I really wanted to get with my family. I really wanted to enjoy our time is very real. That is very, very real. So if you're experiencing that this holiday, I can only just send my, my, my prayers and thoughts because it is very much overwhelming. It's amazing. So last year when we were doing all this, you know, the initial sets of COVID and everybody was separated and the world was just kind of like shut down and everything went down. I honestly felt like I was okay. Like I was just like, oh, I'm okay. You know, safety over everything. It's not a big deal, but I found myself and this is how I knew that I wasn't okay. You know how you want to be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But it wasn't was because I was listening to gospel music and like crying, like that ugly, that ugly cry. And I have been, I've said it one time before that I am a preacher's kid. My mother was a choir director. So my father was a musician. Gospel music is a part of my background. Like it's a part of like I, the air I breathe. And 
the way that the music and the songs were affecting me let me know where I was. And it wasn't because of just the words or just the music, but it was just every song that I can remember that united me with my family. I felt like it was something that was feeling like it was almost tearing me apart. Now we know a song did not tear me apart. We know the song did not separate us, but we know that we obviously were living in hard times. And to just know that so many people just are really going backwards is really, it's really sad. If you've been on TikTok, listen, TikTok is a beautiful place. Like I have a TikTok account. You can follow me there on at Toy Time Blog. And it's a very uplifting place. You know, there's dances, there's all kinds of carrying on. And then it's an actual very sad place. And five seconds of me feels like some of the things that happen on TikTok are a little too, you know, team too much. But then I also realized that TikTok, just like with any other social media, is a release. Some people use social media as a release for some things that they're harboring. I was watching on TikTok a story of this young lady who was literally just going off about how her family knew that there was like a rapist or molester in their family and basically encouraged the hiding of the situation. And all of this is being portrayed and, and, and being talked about in different, you know, three minute clips and uploading three minute clips on TikTok. And so also on TikTok is stories of people testing positive for COVID and then having to again isolate. And it's just, I didn't even realize the magnitude of it. I guess I was just kind of oblivious to it to a certain extent. But again, if you get on TikTok, it'll bring everything that's going on to like the forefront. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching these people show their test results. And now they're, you know, back into quarantine and just the sadness in their faces and their eyes and just, it's real. So... I hope that everybody that is dealing with COVID right now to whatever level and extent, people are still, you know, being hospitalized. People are still unfortunately dying. So do not downplay just because you feel like it's a conspiracy theory. Like let that be a conspiracy theory for you, but can't nobody convince me of a conspiracy theory when you get that phone call that your grandmother is literally clinging on to life, right? So we have to watch. Like I have always been a big person that I've always respected the way people thought and the way people felt and the way people ag agreed to disagree and all those different things. I've never, I've tried my best. I won't say never, but I've tried my best to not push my ways onto other people, but there's nothing that anybody can say when you're hearing the stories of like my both grandparents, they have been married for over 60 something years are in a hospital bed with COVID. And one of them is on life support or one of them is incubated. Like there's absolutely nothing that can take that, that feeling in those jarring moments. And every time my phone rang or had a text message at four or five o'clock in the morning and praying to God that that call was not the call that said everything was done. So you can have your theories. I support everybody's decision to say and think and do whatever they choose to say, think and do. But for me, child, I ain't got the time to play these games. One of the other things that I was talking about in the beginning is like when you have this whole holiday spirit, but yet you're still like kind of hollow inside. Now, before I was married and before, so my husband and I dated um, off and on in college, broke up, you know, the whole common got back together and all that other stuff. But during that space of us not being together, I was seeing people off and on, sometimes yes, sometimes not, nothing really serious. And so that whole loneliness of the holidays, you know, you try to put your best foot forward. You know, I decorated my tree, my house. I put all the decorations up. I still bought gifts for my family. I still did, you know, things with my girlfriends. I still did all those things, but I was feeling very lonely because, you know, the holidays always amplifies, um, amplifies couples or families. And as a single person, you feel left out, right? You feel like, my God, like it just shows where I'm not, right? It shows that I'm not a wife. It shows that I'm not a mother or it shows that I'm not, you know, for men, it's not a husband or a father. And it just seems like it amplifies this message that in order for you to be happy and jolly in this holiday season, you have to be connected to someone and you have to have a family. Two very big things that are very touching for a lot of people for wherever they are in their life. So when the holidays would roll around, and especially when I didn't have like a steady guy, you know, how you'd be seeing people, but you ain't, listen, I have never been the type of person that just went out and bought um, no dudes, no gifts. 
Um, I was not a very good gift giver in the beginning, to be honest with you, with any boyfriend, including my husband when we first got together, because I had never really dated. So the, the guy that I was dating off and on in high school, I mean, that wasn't really, really dating because in our church, we weren't even allowed to go anywhere. Um, and our church dictated my personal life. So, you know, when you're a PK, your line of where, whatever you can do is very short. So I had no real concept of dating in the real world. And so as I dated my, um, boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, it was a whole new world that I actually had to learn and navigate. And so I didn't really do well with buying gifts. He was an, he's, listen, my husband is amazing, hands down, an amazing gift giver, right? Has always been an amazing gift giver. He listens, he knows, he can look at you and see the things that you may want to wear. I mean, he has always been an amazing gift giver. Now I have definitely been on the come up um, before we got married and definitely into our marriage, you know, listening to my husband when he says certain things and knowing the things that I've seen that he wants or watch what he gravitates to. Now I'm in tune and I can pay attention. So I'm a great gift, great gift giver now. But when I wasn't really dating anybody solid, like not buying somebody something, it was just, that was not that girl. So anybody that's ever dated me could never say, oh, well, Latoy bought me. Nah, not Latoy. I never really was like that type of person. But it gets lonely around the holidays because everything, again, is connected to relationship and family. And so I remember very bluntly, like, just feeling kind of lost. You know, you have your family, you have cousins, you have girlfriends you can kind of call, but it just does not feel the same. That emptiness, that was a real feeling. And you know what's weird? And I watch and make sure that I don't do that now as a married person. Any of my single friends know one, I don't bombard people with my my kids. I don't be like, my kids did, my kids said, my kids went, my kids this. I don't. That's one. Number two, I don't talk about my husband every 2.3 seconds because I do have a life outside of my husband. I love him dearly, but we both have our own separate lives, which I probably could not have said a few years ago, but I do have my own life. And so I don't talk about my husband and my kids every two seconds. But when I'm around other people, I remember when my friends will talk, like they'll talk to me now, the, the ones that are single and they're expressing how they feel. Don't act like, because my married people, my married friends, my married ones that's listening, right? You're tagged in, you're listening, it's Christmas Eve. You may be wrapping your gifts. You may be out shopping. You're doing your own thing. Please stop acting like you forgot what it felt like to not have some thighs next to you, right? Stop acting like you forgot what it was like to literally want to be connected to somebody and that time has not come. Stop acting like you know you have been floating in this marital world your whole life because that is not the case, right? Stop being married and stop telling single people that it's wrong for them to feel what they're feeling because you was there too. If you're going to be honest, you was there just like I was there. So when them holidays will come up, them New Year's will come up and you don't have New Year's plans. When Christmas will come up or Thanksgiving, it's usually Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's that are the worst parts, right? And sometimes birthdays, if you're the type of person that wants to travel and you don't have a travel companion, that could be bothersome too. But Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's are the worst three holidays for single people because you're sitting in your singleness. Like, what would it look like for, and again, I used, you know, you do these things, but it's hard, like as a single person to go to an event and you're the only one, everybody else has a plus one, right? And you're there by yourself, right? Or let's say there's pictures to be taken, like most single people are sitting in front of a Christmas tree and sing, sending out Christmas cards with their picture of just themselves. Because again, it's, it's not understood that obviously people have single phases, like people have to go through this single phase in life, but we act like it's, you know, one, it's a curse. So single people kind of just stay to themselves or they only talk to other single people that understand because, you know, married folks just act like they forgot. So for, for the single women and the single men, I don't know what to tell you that would make it better because when I was going through it, it was the worst thing ever. I hated every bit of being a single person during the holidays. There was nothing that anybody could have said. You know, people tell you, oh, just hold on. Your time is going to come. And you're sitting there saying, but when and where? Although I do believe that there are so many things that you could be doing and life doesn't always have to revolve around relationships or families, but we're not going to sit here and act like it's not a real feeling and we're not.
Just I'm not. Maybe you will. Maybe that is how you think I just refuse to do so. So the holidays is a hard time for single people. The holidays are also a hard time for people who have lost loved ones. As I'm wrapping things up and getting things together just for the family and just thinking about everything that's happening, I can't help but to think about my mother-in-law. I can't help but to think about my great-grandparents who I've had a tremendous amount of time with. And I remember like my great-grandmother's hands and I can remember as she was teaching me in the kitchen how to cook certain foods and how to work in a garden. My great-grandfather teaching me certain things. And now my kids don't really have that relationship with them. My great-grandfather passed away, I believe I was in junior high, and he passed away around Christmas time. I can't even remember the pinpoint the day that he passed, and I could ask a family member, I really could, I could research it, I could look it up, I could do all those things. But in the month of December, I feel him greater. In the month of December, and it's because I remember him passing away around the holidays, and I'll tell you how I remember. I was in junior high. I had just auditioned for a choir, the solo for the choir. And I think I was a freshman or something. And so here I am, this freshman that beat out one of the seniors who had been like the the go-to soloist. I beat her out and got this solo, right? Blind audition. And the very day that I would have gone to sing this song, I think I sang it once for school, but when it came for like the evening one, or there was like the evening concert was maybe a week later, my grandfather, my great grandfather passed away. So I never got a chance to sing that solo in front of like my parents and, you know, all that stuff. But I did sing it in front of the school. But I remember that because it was the Christmas holiday concert. And that's how I remember. And there are certain songs that, again, will just draw up that memory of him. So he died, like I said, I was in junior high. My great-grandmother died um, a couple of years ago. And I remember exactly where I was. She passed away on my husband's birthday. Now my family members are probably don't even realize that the date is, is very much similar, but it was on my husband's birthday. And so as I celebrate his life every day on his birthday, I also remember her life. And as tragic as it feels, it's kind of like a crazy feeling because I feel a sense of connection and I also feel the sense of happiness for my husband. And then there's always a slight, you know, disappointment and hurt and pain. But during the holidays, people remember their loved ones. They remember the ones that are not sharing that moment. And so you may be grieving, right? I know that my emotions have been up and down. My great grandfather's favorite scripture was Psalms 91. And I remember that scripture like the back of my hand. One, because you know, them PKs, you got to memorize them scriptures. Like Sunday school, Bible study, that's, that was serious. But in addition to that, my great grandfather, that he would say it all the time. So I find myself like gravitating towards that. It's okay to grieve. And I can't, and you can't, and we can't tell other people how they're supposed to grieve, how they're supposed to interact, how they're supposed to get through. You just cannot. You got to allow people to grieve and go through their emotions the way that they see fit. As long as they're not hurting people, you have got to allow people to have that emotion. And I love when people say that time heals all wounds. I think time does allow you to become accepting of the situation. Like you have more of an acceptance that you know, whomever is not in your life because they've gone on and they've transitioned that yes, you've accepted it, but the acceptance doesn't change that pain and the acceptance doesn't wipe away the hurt and the acceptance doesn't take away the pain. So I just want you to remember that these situations are very traumatic and very hurtful and very strong and very, all the things during this, this holiday season. I've had some very good Christmases these last few years. And by last few years, minus this last year, you know, with COVID, I've had some very blessed holidays. You know, I'm able to say that I have my children who, again, are the complete joys of my life. They're not the only joy. Can we talk about them not being the only joy? Mamas, the people who have children, those who have children. Listen, your children can be your life. They can be everything, but they can't be the only part of your life. Listen, in 2022, can can we grab a hold of some more hobbies, 
some things that we love. It's going to be hard to try to time manage, but, but you've got to find some things that don't include your children or your title of a mother or a wife. Like to be able to tap into some things that truly make you feel whole from the inside out. That is an inner work that you have to be able to do because we can't always gravitate towards titles, right? Titles can change. Titles can go left or right. Titles are just that. They're simply titles, something you get to be called something of. And usually with titles comes responsibilities, right? And so I want us, every last person, no matter what your status is, to start finding some things that truly mean the world to you. Like what's making you smile when you wake up in the morning? Because it cannot be a job. Because let me tell you, no matter how much you love your job, you get tired when you wake up. The Mondays get hard. The Fridays become a rejoiceful moment. Um, Late nights, early mornings, they become, you know, tiring. And so you've got to have something that just fuels you that no matter if you do it 20 years, 30 years, it becomes more of a love than it is a burden. But sometimes we operate more out of a burden, right? I remember having multiple jobs. A lot of people don't even know. I had multiple jobs while I was holding down my blog and doing all of these different things. And when I mean multiple jobs, I mean multiple jobs. I was working daytime, right? And I would go home and put the kids and get them to dinner and put them to bed. And I would get and have what, an hour maybe, hour and a half of sleep if I didn't have an event. And so when I didn't have an event, I would have this hour, hour and a half of sleep and I would get up and I had a third shift job. I'm just saying this publicly for the first time. I had a third shift job. So I was working in the daytime, then working at night. And let me tell you why. I was doing it because I was wanting to not have to get a daycare center or whatever, have put the kids in daycare. I wanted to have the ability to um, make sure they were picked up and all those wonderful things. But at the time, me and my husband was really just out here hustling, trying to pay these bills down because we wanted to just consolidate and just really get our finances together. And it was a season. It was, a, you know, for a season. It didn't happen forever in a day, but it was something that, listen, if I didn't love, how would I have been able to keep a hold of my blog and still write and still do the things that I love in spite of the fact that where was my time? What time did I even, I didn't even know if I owned time. And this is why I say you've got to love what you do because when I tell you, that I was literally on the edge of very limited sleep, but it never stopped me. Like if you go back into the blogs and you look at those years that I did that, I didn't miss a beat. And the only way I didn't miss a beat was because it was something that I truly love to do. So when people say, Ooh, girl, you look like you're being really successful and you're doing this and you're doing that. You have not the slightest idea what it's like to work to basically full-time job, be a full-time parent, and still run a business, right? That is the hustle and bustle behind the scenes that a lot of people don't tell you about because we only get to see the finished product. I finally reached 1 million views this year. That's because of the hard work that went down years in the past that got me to this point. It wasn't because it was something overnight. It surely wasn't because of this, you know, just the everything aligning and aligned because I did the work, right? And so I want us to get to the point that as we matriculate from the holidays of Christmas and we start going into the new year and everybody wants to do the new year, new me, listen, you don't really need to wait until, you know, the ball drops or whatever your city drops or whatever your state drops. Like you really have to think about the things that you want right now. And I'm going to tell you as a person who lost a lot of weight physically, it took a lot of weight mentally before it could align and make the two work at the same time. So whatever your goals are going to be, it's going to take work because how else would you be able to do the things that you do without passion, right? You need passion. Everybody don't read the Bible and that's okay, but there is a principle that says that your gift will make room for you. And basically what it means is that there's just certain things and certain gifts in you that you can try to act like it's not there. You can try to tap out of it. You can try to act like you don't want to be it because you're scared, because you're afraid to tap into it. But there are some gifts that will literally open a door for you that nobody, nobody can like deny you. Like, even if you have to get, you know, you become better at it. Like you have to fine tune some things about your gift. It's just certain parts that are inside of you and a part of you that nobody can deny. They can look at you and say, you always should have been doing that. That's always something that you've been great at.
We all have something that resonates that, that puts that feeling into us. Like you've been called to do this, that if no, even if there was a thousand people doing it, like, do you know how many bloggers there are? Do you realize that there are bloggers for almost every genre? I'm a lifestyle blogger. So I talk about life and I also add wellness to my title of blogging, right? There are video game bloggers that literally just review video games. There are food bloggers that review nothing but food. You have uh, natural hair bloggers. You have uh, bloggers that talk about being a mom blogger. There are blogging and blogging niches for everything. But even if there was 1 million of lifestyle bloggers, it's not going to be a blogger that's going to tell their story like I tell my story. There's not some, even if there's 20,000 of us, there's not only but one me. And what makes me unique is the ability to tell my story that, in a way that nobody else can. To be able to convey a message in a way that somebody else cannot. The ability to put my pen and paper or start typing in my laptop and, and put a story together that it doesn't resonate that well with somebody else does it. When somebody else try to duplicate or uh, copy that sauce, it don't come out right. Your gift will make room for you. So whatever it is, whether it's singing, whether it's being a writer, whether it's running, re regardless of whatever this gift is, we all have gifts. And you may even have multiple gifts, right? You might have multiple gifts. Some of the things that I hear when I talk to other people who are trying to figure out their lives, they say, I have so many things I want to do, but I don't know which, where, which one to start with or where to go. My biggest advice is start with the one that beats on your heart the loudest. Whichever gift beats on your heart the loudest, start with that. And from that gift, you'll get direction on how to add the other moving parts. And one beautiful thing is you don't got to know it all. You don't got to have it all polished to start. When I look back at the first set of blogs seven years ago, I said, oh, Lord, what was in the world was I going through? Like, what was happening? Like my writing, what was going on? You needed to, you know, I, I had a lot of work to polish, right? There was a lot of polishing that had to go down, but my gift can still not, was still not denied. I might have had to polish it. I might have had to go through some learning curves. I had to learn the back ends of how to write certain things and make everything work. There's a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes with blogging. You don't just get up and start typing like I was doing in the beginning because I had so much passion. I had to take my passion, add it with some skill sets, learn some internet things, learn some things that's going to help my blog become visible, things like that. But the gift never stopped. It just had to be fine-tuned. So whatever gift that's inside of you that beats on your heart the loudest, that's the one you want to gravitate to. That's the one you want to fine tune and put the energy in. That's the one where you take that leap of faith and you simply do. If I was held bondage to just those first set of blogs that I did, I wouldn't be anywhere where I'm at now. I was grateful to get 30 people to read my blog when I first started to now having a million views in one year. I mean, a million is a big number for me. I never even imagined that number. Not because I didn't think I was skilled enough to do it. It's just, it was such a large number for me that it just was like, what? But whatever gift that beats on your heart the loudest, that's the one I want you to gravitate to. That's the one that I want you to work towards. That's the one where if you just do what you're supposed to do, what you need will come to you. Let me explain something to you. Everything in blogging that tried to say, don't do, don't go over there, don't get their help, don't ask questions, were the very things that I needed the very things that help my business, the very people and the very much of alignment that has got me to the places that I'm in. I literally was discouraged at every level to not do it. Every level. I Listen, I can write a whole book on every part of the discouragement that will go down, including the discouragement of me basically telling myself and talking myself out of it. But every time I tried to talk myself out of it, the gift would not be quiet. The gift would not be quiet. It was like, oh, I'm going to take a break and do what? You know you want to write. You know you have a story to tell. You know there's other people that are struggling. My biggest thing when I started my blog, and this is not about my blog. This is to encourage you because I know there's somebody that's really trying to really focus themselves and you're struggling. 
Like you're struggling with the holidays and you're struggling with where you're, where you are. And one of the biggest things that I struggled with was, but how, and nobody wants to hear me, but I remember the many days when I talked about like postpartum depression, just as an example, I honestly thought I was like the only person going through this. And let me tell you why people tell you to speak up about your story, right? Or to tell when something is wrong. I did all of those things. I did everything by the book. There are so many women that go through like postpartum depression who can't speak openly or don't have that. I actually was one of those people who spoke, who asked questions, who went to people in my family, who went to other women and was shut down, literally shut down. And so you can, you can be doing the right things and still not get the help that you need. So my story is really there and not just on postpartum, but any story is because sometimes you have to push past all of that or you will get aligned to figuring it out beyond all of the distractions and things that you're being told, like telling no or finding walls or hitting walls or hitting doors that are shutting your face. That's how I was feeling. But the more I shared my story, the more it became very normal that there were other women that were just like me going through the same things I was going through, having the same fears that I was fearing. And that's been my life forever and a day, right? You may be sitting here saying, man, I don't know about them kids, but I definitely felt that in my spirit when she was talking about, you know, struggling with this, what should I do? We all go through this. Listen, if you're surviving, mentally and emotionally, even if you feel like you're holding on by a thread. Listen, I've had many moments where I felt like if somebody would just blow the wrong way, my thread would break because that's how close I felt like I was just at a place of where do I even turn? I'm a firm believer that if you just hold on just a couple more minutes, I have had situations where I'm like, man, if I would have just never quit, that thing would have came right where I needed to, even though it felt the worst feeling in the whole world. You know how uncomfortable it feels to really feel like you're in a world by yourself and you're in a situation where you have people that are surrounding you, but you still don't feel like you have enough support. I've talked openly about you know, my husband and I and our struggles where I was going through, he didn't understand what was going on with me. I didn't understand what was going on with me. And do you know how lonely that felt? I felt lonely. So at the time, you know, in the very early stages of our marriage, I was outsourcing to everybody, calling up my best friend, telling her, oh, my husband's doing this, calling up my mom and them. Oh, he's doing this. This is not happening. But reality was it was such a huge learning curve of myself and of him and of each other. Like, how was he supposed to know what the heck was happening, right? There's probably were a lot of missteps. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or make no excuses. Let me be the first to say, that's not what we do in our house. Like, we own what it is. He's owned what went down and I've owned it too. But do you know how lonely I felt communicating to your spouse and then your spouse is looking at you like you have three eyes and then there's nothing that they can do because it's not their journey? And they don't even know what's going on and you don't even know what's going on. I've had moments like that. But just in those moments and then continuing to just continue to push through, maybe you're not in the high spirits of saying, I have all these goals and I'm ready to set. I have a vision board ready to go. You may not be there and it's okay. Sometimes just saying, listen, I just want to hold on and continue holding on and doing the things that are at the basics until something changes. That may be where you are. And guess what? It's okay. Everybody's going to tell you that you're supposed to have everything mapped out. If I had everything mapped out, I would never be scared. If I had everything mapped out and knew everything was going to be okay, and then it never dropped, nothing happened, nothing went left, everything worked according to the plan that I set, why would I ever be afraid? Why would I never be able to trust myself or trust God or whoever you trust in? How would I be able to do that if everything worked out? exactly the way I envisioned. Listen, I've had visions. I've had vision boards. I've had all those different things and I didn't do the work sometimes. And so nothing came about it. Then there's times when I have that vision is clear. I see the road and I see the path and I see all the distractions and I push right through it. Life is going to throw every curveball that it can. There's already distractions and discouragement at every hand. You don't got to look for that. It's like almost like it's free. 
free distractions, free all those things. But I just know from my own personal and past experiences that eventually I do win and it's a hard road to see that. You know, when I was younger, again, I'm going back to my PK days and you might be saying, listen, I don't know about all that, but I'm going to tell you this. There's been times when I didn't, I couldn't trace God. I couldn't trust him because I couldn't see him, but it was like scotch tape. And I just had to believe that he was there. I could feel, you know, sometimes I could feel his presence. Sometimes I couldn't. And I just had to keep going. And when you add that same principle to your own life, you could be working out and you don't see the, the results. Sometimes it may be because there's some inner things you need to drop. I'm only telling you that because of experiences that I've shared and I've had, and I've shared this on the podcast many times before. Sometimes the weight that you're carrying and you've done all of the things have nothing to do with the physical weight. It has to do with some unforgiveness. It has to do with some layers of some things you didn't let go. And it may be some deep things that you need to go and go ahead and see somebody for and get some extra help. Because when you do that, it just seems like the weight just falls off. Your your load gets a little lighter. You can see a little clearer. You're not carrying the weight in the book bags. And you know, Erica Badu talked about bag lady. You can kind of just drop some of them bags and leave them there. Not go back and pick them up. Not to two row and backflip to go back and get them. But leave those bag and those baggage there. I would love to be able to point this, paint this picture of this beautiful life that never was marred, this life that was never marred by mistakes, but I'm the most mistake-led person. I've had more mistakes than successes, but I've had more successes in this, in this phase of my life than ever before because I had to go through all those mistakes, right? And I'm talking about some mistakes, some real mistakes, right? Not, not some little cute mistakes. I'm talking about some stuff that should have taken me out for sure. Should have lost a lot of friends. Shouldn't even be married to my partner right now. As far as kids, really, I don't even know how to, all of them even got here. I mean, I know how, but you get the point. My life has been nothing but crazy things happening, going left. Things that I've said, things that I've done, people that I've stepped on, things that I've hurt. The, the lies, the carrying on, all this drama and carrying on that led my life to where it needed to be. But I learned. And when you realize that sometimes you talk about toxic people, when you realize that sometimes you're the toxic person, that right there sheds, takes off weight right there. I'm not saying that you're toxic. Receive what's for you. But I will say there was times in my life where I realized that I was a toxic one. And so shedding that toxicity out of my life helped me to release and lose the weight physically. And the way that I keep it off is remembering those moments when I was that toxic person or when I was around toxic people and remembering that weight right now. Of course, we didn't all gain some, some weight from the pandemic, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I had a lot of weight, both mentally and physically, over hundred and something pounds physically. And I couldn't even tell you how much my emotional weight costs or how much it weighed. Cause it probably weighed more than a hundred pounds. There's so much work that we do on the inside that hurts. It's not easy to, to shed that weight, right? Both physically or emotionally. I, I would be lying to you if it, if it felt great. There were some things I had to deny in my physical to get there, I had to deny the same thing mentally and emotionally. But when you're serious about putting your life back together, and when you're serious about keeping your life at a certain level and a certain point, you'll be willing to do the work, even when it hurts. There's been times when I've been by myself. I actually have gotten into a new thing where I don't even really share wins with too many people. Because let me tell you something, people are so weird. Their energy is so weird. Right, everybody's like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till you pop. I'm gonna be right there for you. And then nine out of ten won't even support you in any type of way. Like, I don't know what people's levels of support and what that physically means. Because when you get into this level, especially like when you have a blog or something that's on the internet, I don't know why people don't understand this concept, but you can physically see those people who are supporting you. And let me tell you how. If they're sharing certain things, especially if it's from a social media point, you'll see it. 
if they're doing like they could be doing stuff on the back end, but it's very limited. It's very limited that people would be um, doing certain things in certain other ways, especially when social media allows you to see it. Right. And I've had to learn put my like blinders on when it comes to friends and family. Right. Especially when it comes to friends and family, because I can't get caught up in all the people that don't support when I have a whole army of people that are supporting me. I'm locked into a whole um, partnership with companies that support me and give me the things I need and not even just give me the things I need. They, they, they empower me to have the things that I need. If I needed something to do with Pinterest and I needed some help with that, I have somebody I can call for that. When I needed somebody to help me level up my website, I had the support right there in my hands where most people don't have that. But when friends and family is, is a strange situation with people, when you have an internet-based business, you'll be able to see how people move on the internet. I have people that are tagging me on posts for me to, to uplift their posts that don't do the same for mine, right? There will be people who will share stuff that have nothing to do with anything but won't share one of your stories. But when my story then got picked up by a national brand, they're like, oh, wow, I didn't know you were doing that. Well, where were you? <laughs> You've got to be in whatever your gift. Also realize that you've got to love it and be have the passion when you're not supported by anybody. You got to still keep the same energy when you're being celebrated and when you're not. You got to keep that same energy when it's when it's hard, when I'm up at two, three in the morning getting things edited, when my family and everybody is asleep. That's because that passion keeps me up and keeps me going. So don't think that because you found your passion or you found what you're looking for, what you need to do in life, that it's just going to come without issue because you will definitely still have some issues and some bumps along the way. As we celebrate the holidays, if you choose to celebrate the holidays and the hardships and how hard it feels to be separated from family members that have either transitioned or you can't get to your family or you don't have enough money, there's just some people who just don't have enough money to travel. Some people have been hit hard financially. Some people are really stressing out about what they want to be in life. I have people that I know that are trying to have children. Some people who are, you know, desiring to be married or they want their business to pop or they have whatever they have on their, on their plate. And it's just so much burden, so much, I won't say unhappiness, but I'll just say some of their joy has just been deflated. I just want to send the amount of love and support and high fives and hugs virtually to every last one of you that are struggling with grief, with whatever that is you're going through. But I also want to encourage you that it, it is, it, it's a very temporary, but hard feeling and, and eventually you will get through it to certain levels. But I also want you to make sure that you're doing everything that you can to feel fulfillment within yourself. If you have something that's on your heart to do and that desire doesn't just walk away, doesn't go away. I've been telling people for years I was going to start this blog. My therapist was like, you need to start this blog. And I didn't do it right away. It wasn't like I went to one therapy session. He said, start the blog. And I started it that day. Like it did not happen that fast. It might even have been a year before I even started the blog after I felt every unction to do it. I knew exactly that I had to do it. I knew the name that it was going to be. I had all of those things, but was just too scared to pull. I won't say pull that trigger because, you know, folks be doing the most. You can't say those things anymore. But what I will say is before I even allow it to come into fruition, I never even. It was such a year. It was like a whole year before I even stepped into it. And again, Working that third shift, working that first shift, being a parent, being a wife, doing all these different things that my title could have been given more time to and then taken away from the business. I had just had to keep working at it. There's a lot of hard work that goes into anything that you're wanting to do. I hope that as you go into your Christmas Eve, that although you may be feeling some type of pain, that you also can find some level of joy. Watch your favorite Christmas movie or holiday movie or whatever that makes you happy. Find a way to maybe make a snack or something that you truly enjoy. Like I want you to find some level of joy, 
When I was single, those moments were hard to find when everything in your body, everything in your soul, everything on your mind just feels like it's the only thing you can think of as being connected to another person. And I'm not going to lie, <laughs> them long nights and them cold nights and you know, you don't have somebody sitting up next to you. You know, your batteries can only take you, but so far, I hate to say it, mama, close your ears because it's what it is. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, finding something that your soul longs for that has nothing to do with the title is important too. And praying that whomever you do connect it with is the right one for you. Listen, divorce is, is what it is. Marriage is hard and as beautiful as weddings are, Marriage is a whole nother level of work, but I do understand when you're single and you could care less, you want to get in there and work, you're ready. I pray that if you are looking to be connected to someone, that you're not just connected to anyone, you're connected to the one and the one that is going to do the work at the same level that you're willing to do the work to make your relationship work. That you find somebody that's understanding, that's loving, and all of those attributes that you're looking for. Listen, if you're making those lists that are exclusively about physicality of a person, like I'm not telling you not to be attracted to your meat, right? I'm telling you to be attracted because like, how can you really be with someone you're not attracted to, right? But don't focus only solely on the physicality. Like truly ask yourself, what are the real attributes of that person that you want? Do you want somebody that's fine, you know, fiscally sound? Because if you get somebody that's fiscally sound, it sounds beautiful, right? Somebody that can handle their bills, but they may be a saver where you may be a spender. And so you'll have somebody that's going to keep the lights on and keep all the bills, you know, going and keep the notes paid on the cards and you'll never have that problem. But you may find that you may clash because your level of spending and his level of, of saving and vice versa may not mesh. See, that's why we say things when we pray, when God be saying, be specific, be specific about what it is that you truly need, because you may get what you think you want and then really get what you need. And it may take a while before you to recognize that you need that person. My husband, and I have that issue all the time. He is a saver. I'm more of a spender and trying to meet each other in the middle. And he understands numbers. I hate numbers. Like I don't I don't want to deal with numbers, but that's his life. That's his profession by trade. And so when he goes into the calculation mode, he'll send me like Excel sheets and I'm like, I cannot, but I had to learn to meet him in the middle because in learning that, then it helped me to save. It helped me to put money to the side. It helped me to be more cognitive of my spending. But do you know how many arguments we had before we got there? Whew, good God. That almost broke us right then. So be aware of what you say you want and what that truly means, because it comes with the greater ramification. If you say you want someone that's affectionate, what level of affection are you talking about? Are you talking about somebody that's going to, you know, slap your butt in public? Or are you talking about somebody that just is like excited to be around you all the time, but then doesn't necessarily have their own level of certain, you know, lifestyle for themselves and you have your own? That matters. Just a little tidbit of information for you to think about. It is Christmas Eve. The drink of the day is a coquito. And I want you to enjoy whatever drink that you're choosing to drink, whether it's alcohol or not. Please understand that every drink of the day that we talk about doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol-led. But for me, I do like um, wines and different alcohols. So for me, it may be. But for you, it does not necessarily have to be um, alcohol led. It could be whatever your favorite drink could be. I've had some great cran, cran splashes, which is basically cranberry juice with a little bit of Sprite, whatever you choose to, to drink, enjoy whatever your drink of the day for you is. Enjoy the holidays as much as you possibly can. All of the adjustments that you have to make are super unfortunate, necessary, possibly, Unfortunate, yes, but I hope that you can still find some level of joy in your day. And as you wake up tomorrow on Christmas day, I pray that nobody is waking up with their spirits completely torn and broken. I pray, especially for no child that they wake up super disappointed. Now, if you have a child that's just being a brat because they wanted an iPad and you got them a Kindle and they're disappointed, may that child's Kindle uh, get, turn that back in and give it to a child that will appreciate it. 
So we don't play that game over here in the store household. We try to keep our kids as humble as possible. But, you know, I'm not talking about that level of discipline. I'm talking about a child that woke up because their parent is struggling to pay the bills. You know how many parents are going to be working on Christmas Day that may not even wake up with their kids? And in addition, because they've been trying to just keep themselves afloat, may not even have enough to buy their kids the things that they would like. Those are the kids that I'm praying for, that they don't wake up disappointed, that they get at least one thing that will make them smile. Because as a parent... I understood what my parents struggled when they had their three kids and now I have my own three, like how they were trying to manage their money to make sure that they can pay the bill. And let me just say this, please do not go into debt. Like I know it's already too late because it's Christmas Eve. So whatever's been done is done. But I pray we're not, you know, buying PlayStation 5s, but tomorrow our light's going to be cut off. Like I know people who actually have done stuff like that, like would ball out ball out like they would have bigger and better gifts than me and my parents were like fiscally responsible and they would have the greatest in all of the gadgets and every name with name brand and everything like that and then like days later they'd be sitting in the house can't even play the playstation because the, the light went out they got evicted the next month like that type of stuff that is not what you want to do and please let's not try to spend money where you have to charge up everything and you can't pay the credit card bill and you got all kinds of stuff going on because we're trying to appease and appeal to people who could care less. At the end of the day, those same people are not going to come after you've spent all that money for Christmas and give you a donation or a GoFundMe to help you keep anything on. Let's try to be in moderation. Let's do what we can. And that's overspend, not overindulge. Because then by January 1st, you'll be making more of the same promises of how you're going to be better with your money, knowing you're going to do the same thing again next year. So Merry Christmas to every conversation with Toy Listener. You know how this goes when we end. Make sure that you do three free 99 things. Free Three free things that you can do to support me as a podcaster, as well as any other podcaster that you love and support. Let me tell you what those three things are. One, you make sure that you are subscribed, right? Subscribe, meaning you have checked that you want to make sure you get all of the latest and greatest episodes. You subscribe to the show. That's one. Number two, share the show. Send the link to someone via email, text message, social media, whatever the case may be. Three, review a podcast episode. It don't necessarily have to be this one. It could be any of the ones. There's five seasons. Pick one, review one. Those things help. So subscribe, share, review. All free. We will be back next week. We have a guest. I've already um, did all the editing, so we're already set to go. We have a guest next week, and it's going to be amazing. And yes, we're having a podcast next week. How are we not going to have a podcast next week? And that's going into a whole new year. I almost gave you a preview of the new year just in today's episode, but we got to talk about it because we're about to step into a new year, a whole nother year. Whoo, good gracious. Time is really flying. Have an amazing Christmas. Have an amazing rest of your Christmas Eve. Um, if y'all are out here shopping in these streets for Christmas Eve, please pack your patience. I saw online where somebody said, it's not your, it's not the, the retail's fault that you decided to wait until Mary's, uh, water broke to go shopping. So just pack a little bit of patience, drive a little bit better. Folks is out here doing car crashes and all the things. Listen, I ain't got time to be having my car jacked up days before Christmas. You know, that is not something that I'm trying to tap into. So be careful, drive safely. Don't drink and drive because I listen, I'm all for the eggnog and spiking it up. Listen, all of those things, but get, do what you got to do and get home. So you ain't got to leave the house and then you can just drink all the eggnog you want, right? Safely in the comfort of your home. That's the type of stuff that I would like to encourage you to do. Have fun with the kids. Don't forget to pick up them batteries because you already know, get all the batteries because you don't know which one you're going to need. And if you're like me, just get the batteries. That way you don't have any disappointed faces Christmas Day. 
Uh, make sure parents listen beyond Christmas. Them kids is going to be home for break. I've already stacked my freezer and my cupboards with the food they're going to need because they're never going to eat with their their school stomach while they're home. Right. They don't eat with, you know, with the can I have 17 snacks per day? Can I have four meals and a dessert? Be prepared, parents, like grab all the things because you're going to need it and pack a couple of pieces of patience because between the loudness of those toys, the energy of the candy and all the excitement, just understand and know they're going to be off the chain. So accept it, embrace it, do what you got to do. Sending all the love to everybody that is grieving or separated from their families for whatever reason, whether you're in the military, whether it's COVID related, whether you just don't have the money to travel, whether your family member has transitioned, whatever that may be, I send nothing but love to you and peace and have a very Merry Christmas. And we will be back next week with Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.